We live in a world that needs to be in better touch with our humanity. What would happen if rather than telling people to put a lid on their pain, we opened our boxes and we helped each other carry our joy and grief together? And welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to change your relationship with depression. I'm your host, Malik Josephs. And as we continue our topic of the week, which is grief, our newest featured speaker is here making her debut to share her thoughts on grief and closure. So without further ado, give it up for author, speaker, and professor of sociology, Nancy Burns. Enjoy. So here's the question. When bad things happen, do we need closure? My answer is no, but I'm going to take it further. Closure doesn't even exist. It's a made-up concept that we use to talk about loss and grief, but seeking it can do more harm than good. And to help us understand that, we're gonna have some space up here and you're gonna help me with this. So here we're gonna have our space of joy. So I want you to take a moment, close your eyes if it helps, and think about what brings joy into your life. What's brought joy in the past? So this will be our space of joy. And I'm gonna walk over here. And here we're gonna have our space of grief and loss. What have you grieved in the past? What might you grieve in the future? And some of you are grieving today. It's not just the death of loved ones that we grieve. Our life is full of losses. And when we enter that space of grief and loss, one of the questions that comes up is, how do we get back over there to the joy? And that's where closure comes in. Right? It's this idea that if I can wrap up that pain and that grief, it's going to be easier for me to get back over there. It's appealing. But sometimes that grief can be so overwhelming, you can't even see over there. I get that. Eleven years ago, our first baby was stillborn. Shattered my life. I was so deep in this space of grief, I couldn't see over there. One of the hardest things that someone said to me, who actually wrote in a card, was that someday this will just be a memory. That made me angry. Because I didn't want a memory, I wanted my child. Now she meant well, because what she was trying to say was, someday I won't be here, I'll be back over there with the joy. But for me at that time, and still to a large part, my love and my child and those memories, that, that was in this space. I wasn't gonna go over there without it. But it can be so overwhelming to be in this grief that that idea of closure is appealing. It's appealing to think, how do I get back over there? So closure seduces us. We want that. So businesses use closure to sell products. Closure is the sizzle. The funeral industry promises closure. The grief and memorialization industries promise closure. Those selling autopsy services 
private DNA profile kits, wrongful death attorneys. They're promising closure if we buy their products and services. Politicians promise us closure. Executions, a larger DNA database, harsher criminal laws. But the problem is the concept of closure distorts what's actually going on with our grieving. And to help understand why that distorts, I'm going to use this box. This box is a lot like closure. It's appealing. It's pretty. comes in different shapes and colors. When bad things happen, we often hand people a box, a metaphorical box. And we say to them, put all your pain and your anger and your hurt and your tears and your memories, put them in that box, put the lid on it, and set it on a shelf. Leave it there, and then you can walk back over here to the joy. Don't bring it with you. Now sometimes, or maybe I should say most of the time, we're trying to close other people's pain, other people's grief. Because when we're deep in grief, it's interesting. We, we sort of understand that there's not going to be simple closure to this. But for other people, and again, we mean well, you know, because we don't want to see them in pain, but we want to help them get closure. And so I might be over here in my space of joy, and I see someone enter that space of grief. Could be a friend, a family member, a coworker, might be a stranger. And from here, I, I can see them enter. And I don't want to get too close because it's more comfortable over here. So I might say, hey, see that box? Go ahead and put all your pain in there and your tears. Put all that icky stuff in there and leave it there. And then come back over here and join us. You know, don't bring the box. Closure. It doesn't work that way, does it? It's not that simple. The reason it doesn't work that way is this idea of joy over here and grief over here is an illusion. And I set it up that way because our culture gives us these messages that our emotions are split, that there are these positive emotions like joy and love, and then there are these negative bad ones like grief and anger and pain. And we want to try and have the positive, but you know, we don't want so much the other and try and prevent it, end it, get rid of it. But that's not the way emotions work, either. Emotions don't come with a particular value judgment on them. And we can also carry more than one emotion at a time. So rather than joy being way over here and grief and that space between them, they're actually together, they're intertwined. And as humans, we have the capacity to carry joy and grief at the same time. So what would happen if rather than telling people to put a lid on their pain, we open the box and listen to people's stories. This one's Gloria. Gloria's a mother whose son died in his early 20s. Five years after his death, I sat down and talked with Gloria. She said one of the hardest things was when people would ask her how many children she had. You know, you don't know somebody and you're getting to know them. And she said that if she didn't talk about Jake, her son who died, then she felt bad because he's still her, 
her child. But if she did tell them about him, then people would get uncomfortable and they wouldn't know what to say and it kind of stopped the conversation. So that was awkward too. So I asked her, I said, Gloria, what would you want people to say? How would you want them to respond after you told them about Jake? And I'll use her words. She says, I know nobody would do this, but I guess what I'd really like is for somebody to say, oh, I'm sorry, but tell me about him. Tell me what kind of person he was. Her son was funny. He made her laugh. She has all these funny stories that she wants to share. Yeah, they make her cry too because she misses him. But that joy and grief, they can go together. And if we ask Gloria to keep all those stories in a box, she doesn't get to have that joy. This one's about Dan. His wife, Carrie, died 12 years ago. They were in their early 30s, had several small children together. And I'll use his words to describe what grieving is like for him. When I grieve, it helps bring joy back into my life. Because you ask yourself why you grieve. And I grieve because something precious, something of great worth has been taken from me. And that grieving hurts. It's so painful and your heart just aches. But then you remind yourself of the joy that took place of knowing that person. I wouldn't grieve for Carrie if she didn't give me joy, if we didn't have that love. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that I knew Carrie. And as much as it hurt to lose her and the grief that it caused, it was worth every tear. Joy and grief are intertwined. We grieve because we love. This one's from Angela. It's not after a death, it's during a time of crisis. Her child was in the hospital for over a month. A serious condition, dialysis was part of his care. And she shared this moment. She said, one day, the nurses were telling me that I needed to go rest. So I walked out into the hall, and there was this machine with this dome on it. And I had never seen a dialysis machine, so I didn't know what it was, but I was just sick seeing it. And I went back in and asked, is that a dialysis machine out in the hallway? And the nurses went out, and they looked, and they laughed, and they said, you need to go get some rest. That is the floor cleaning machine. And Angela laughed. Even during a time of crisis, during a funeral, during times of loss, joy and laughter is important. That's what helps us catch our breath so that we can move forward through that hard time. We live in a culture that tells us we can be happy all the time and that if you're not happy, you're doing something wrong. But that's not the way it works. And if I might use some academic, technical jargon for just a moment, sometimes life sucks. Bad things happen. Knowing that joy and grief can be carried together is so important because it's a long journey without the possibility of joy. So the next time that you see someone who's entering that space of grief, might be a family member, might be a friend, a coworker, just someone you recently met. Don't hand them a box. Don't tell them to find closure. Meet them where they're at. And they might be broken and down and beaten up, 
Meet them where they're at. And while you're there, take a moment and look around. Because you might be surprised at the view you have when you're on your knees. And if you're the one broken, you might be surprised at how comforting it can be to have someone just meet you where you're at. Not to try and get you to stand before you're ready. Not to try and take away your pain or explain it away. Just to be with you. And when you're ready, to give you a hand up, to take those steps. You see, it's not about closure. Healing, yes, but that's different. It's about learning how to live with our loss. It's about learning how to carry our grief in a way that leaves room for the joy and love. The joy and the love from our past and the joy and the love that lies ahead yet. We live in a world that's desperate for more compassion. We live in a world that needs to be in better touch with our humanity. What would happen if rather than telling people to put a lid on their pain, we opened our boxes and we helped each other carry our joy and grief together? And there's beauty there. In art and photography, it's the shadows that give a piece depth it's the shadows. In our lives, it's the shadows and the light together. It's the grief and the joy that bring beauty and depth and character. So joy and grief, that space between is not so far apart. It's actually intertwined. And I know that can be scary. I get that. But it can also give you freedom. It's freedom in knowing you can carry joy and grief together. There's freedom in knowing you don't need closure to heal. Big thanks to Nancy Burns for stopping by to share some of her wisdom on the topic of the week. You can connect with her by visiting her website, nancyburns.com, and her last name is spelled B-E-R-N-S. She also has a book that she's authored titled Closure, The Rush to End Grief and What It Cost Us which you can pick up on Amazon. And if you like this clip, there'll be a link in the show description below of the entire talk. And when you get a chance, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player app, or share the show with a friend. And I will see you back here Friday with a new featured speaker to continue our topic of grief. So until then, stay strong. Later. Later.